0: It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana, featuring the News Gazette media sports writers Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie, delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling Text Line, 217 217- 351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly.
1: Hey, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the program. This is Monday Night Sports Talk, and we're with you until 6 o'clock, as we are every Monday night here on WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Matt Daniels is here, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie, and we'd love to hear from you, 217 356 Nine three nine seven is the telephone number we got plenty to talk about, not the least of which is what 's going on in the world of Illinois basketball recruiting and not only of players but of assistant coaches as well we 'll get to that as we move along the uh, u of I had a big day yesterday with the back to back big Ten championships for men 's tennis and men 's golf happening almost at the same time within. Five or six minutes of each other finishing up. We're going to start with Big Ten tennis coach Brad Dancer, Big Ten champion tennis coach Brad Dancer is with us. Brad, how you doing? You calm, calm down a little bit now. Doesn't feel like it yet.
2: (laughs) 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 Keep rehashing it all day long, and uh, which is obviously the the exciting stuff still. But uh, yeah, what what a fun uh, fun year it's been. Fun fun weekend. Just uh, been a great ride.
1: You've had a more than one big Ten championship now how does this one compare
2: you know every group is unique right you've got a special special bond with all of them and and I would say that about this group too you know they they it's been a it's been a remarkable young young uh, squad of young men and this group of seniors is really special to me and my heart and uh, but they didn't have anything to, to sort of put their you know feather in their cap and and now they do and I'm so happy I just really just elated and overjoyed for them that they've got this moment in, uh you know, both the regular season and the, and the tournament round for them.
3: Brad, uh, it's Matt here. I remember talking to you a few weeks uh, after the season got canceled last spring and you guys were still trying to figure out exactly what the heck was going on in the world. Given everything that we've had to endure these last 14 months, I guess, how much more sweet was what happened yesterday out in Lincoln for you guys?
2: Yeah, it's so tricky, right? Because, again, just a couple months ago we're, you know, 50 fifty at best, are we going to have a season? you know are we going to make it through this season and and I you know I think I said earlier today, it's a big credit to honestly just Randy Ballard our entire staff here and the efforts that they went through to to give us a season um you know the resources just from the athletic department just to commit to to allow these you know all the student athletes across all the sports to to have the experience that they came here for and and while it wasn't the same experience, it was still. Um, you know, our guys, I think, made the most out of it and, and hung in there. And so it really is, uh, I don't know, just just getting through the, the day, you know, all the te- six tests a week for the student-athletes all, all season long. So they're testing six times a week, and um, that's just not easy. It wears on you. And so I'm really proud and happy for these guys.
4: Hey, Coach, this is Bob Ostomson. How you doing?
2: Great, Bob. Great to hear from you.
4: And thanks for always answering your texts. So I appreciate that. Um, I can't. You told me something I can't believe. You made the tournament every year, every year you've been here for. That's pretty good.
2: Don't jinx me, Bob. Don't jinx me. We got a selection show here in twenty minutes. So.
4: <laughs> but what does that, What does it mean for a school in the Midwest like Illinois to do what you guys are doing? I know Craig got the thing going, but obviously you kept it going at a really high level. What this mean to you guys? And what's it mean? What's it say about where you guys are?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. We try hard. I mean, we've got a great group of coaches, and we're trying hard. And we've been, to be honest, just been lucky with amazing, amazing young men and great mentors and leaders and a phenomenal alumni base and great Our tennis community is ridiculous here in terms of how much they get behind us here in Champaign. And, you know, I, I, I could just name so many people that are impactful here in Champaign to, to our program. So when you put all that into it and all the effort that goes into it, um you know we just feel like we're kind of this little 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 gem oasis in the in the middle of the midwest that uh until you come here and experience and have the relationships of the people that we have in this tennis community um you just don't have no idea it's, and it's hard to tell that story in recruiting Pe- people have to come here and be a part of our program to realize how special it is uh and then when they leave here you know then they can talk about it but that's it's a tough sell for coaching. Now, hey, come on into the cornfield and and uh, play some tennis. But uh, fortunately enough, we've convinced enough great people over the years, and and, we, and it's been been a lot of fun.
0: Hey, Brad, I guess I'm curious. When did you find out that that you and men's golf had won almost simultaneous Big Ten championships?
2: You, you'll get a kick out of this. I, I I sort of blacked out, not blacked out, but I just I, I didn't even remember that the, the end of the match happened our trainer was right there next to me and I just I said, Hug me, Megan. I'm like, I didn't know what to do and it and it hit me like right soon after that, like, Hey hug golf dude. Do? I don't know why that was one of the first things that popped into my head, but I was like, I just I'm so used to you know, us playing on that same day and, go, and it just happens all the time. I was like, "Hug off dude and she's like, They just won and of course I was so naive, I figured y'all they won by twenty strokes or something like that and it wasn't for a couple hours later that I heard all about the they had their own drama over there. It was kind of fun to rehash that with small yesterday.
1: Another couple of minutes with uh, Big Ten champion head coach of the men's tennis team Brad Dancer. You mentioned a selection show coming up here shortly. What do you feel? You got a gut feeling about how that's going to go? Do you have a chance to host? I,
2: I again, if we don't, I, I think it would be a shame because again, you don't know it's COVID situation and not sure how all things are going to play out. But I feel like our guys, you know, the 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 resume that they put together this year is is really strong um, throughout the regular season, and then obviously in the postseason here, so uh, i I think they got a great chance and um, and if we can do that, then uh, man, it would be nice to nice to play in front of some people, hopefully. <laughs> but we'll see how all that goes but but i, I again I, I think the guys have done a great job
1: and you're heading into the uh, tournament, no matter where it is, with a lot of momentum, seventeen straight wins, good time to be peaking, right?
2: Yeah, and it's funny. You know, I, I've had a couple people mention that today, and it just, it never feels that way, you know, when you're in it. I can tell you that, you know, we, we it's just one match and get ready for it and see, you know, just how long you can kind of keep your head above water and, and keep fighting. And, um, so I don't know. We don't think at all about streaks, but when somebody said that to me earlier today, I'm like, wow, that's, that's a lot of matches in a row. So happy for these guys to have that great win streak. And needless to say, we'd like to, like to add to it a little bit.
1: Brad, we appreciate your time. Congratulations once again, and uh, good luck in the uh, postseason as it continues.
2: Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate you having me on. You bet. Thanks,
3: Brad.
1: Brad Dancer, Illinois Men's Tennis Coach, Champion, Big Ten Champion. It's got a nice ring to it. And they had to, they had to do a little bit like the golf team, Matt. They they jumped ahead. They won the doubles point, mm-hmm. and Then they. Fell behind yeah. and had to come from behind, and they got it done.
3: Yeah, Ohio State uh, beat them uh, earlier this season, and, and Ohio the Buckeyes are always kind of a thorn in the side. And uh, you know, here lately in the, I'd say the past decade or so, it's always seems like it's Illinois and Ohio State duking it out for the the Big Ten title, and uh, just kind of the resiliency and, and the determination of this this program and the team. Uh, obviously, it was really cool to have C Zeke Clark, a, a guy that's been with the program for such a long time, and. Kind of the emotional leader uh, of the program, kind of the the hype man for Illinois tennis, if you will, uh, seal the win in singles uh, yesterday out in Lincoln, and uh, just a cool moment for uh, for a program that, like Bob mentioned too, they've they've never missed the NCAA tournaments as, since Brad Dancer's been here. I think the streak goes back to 1996 that they've always been in the NCAA tournament. So um, obviously, don't get the headlines that you know men's basketball and football do, but what. What men's tennis and men's golf have been able to accomplish here at the University of Illinois in the last 20, 25 years is just, I mean, it's so impressive. And, and there's the cool thing, too, is there seems to be no signs of it slowing down for either sport at
1: all. Men's golf winning by a shot over the Iowa Hawkeyes over at a Crooked Stick in Carmel, Indiana. Mike Small is with us, 11 of the last 12 Big Ten titles, six in a row. Small, congratulations. How you feeling?
5: Thanks, Steve. I'm feeling great, and how are you guys doing?
1: We're hanging in there for a Monday afternoon, but uh, <laughs> as I told you yesterday in a text, I was uh, sitting at home watching baseball and keeping track of things and watching uh, the scorecards of Illinois and Iowa on uh, golf stats, so and we just watched it hole-by-hole. Whole and And as boring as that may sound to to a listener, that was really exciting. Mm -hmm. I wish I could have uh, seen it in person, and uh, we will get a chance to see the replay of that coming up later on. But that was really fun to watch, and uh, you had a two-shot lead when the day began. You fell behind, I think, by four or five there on the front nine, and then closed it out uh, very impressively on the back nine.
5: Yeah, that golf stat thing you're talking about has really caught on the last 15 or so years, and it's... It's amazing the amount of people I talk to that get hooked on that and watch, you know, following their teams and all around college golf because every event in college golf is tracked on Golf Stat Live scoring now and you can kind of get all the results up to the minute. You can't obviously see what's going on, but you're you're always pushing refresh. And I get many many people every week saying they were just on that computer all day long, following our game, or following our matches. So it's it's pretty cool to hear that. But um, in this this event, the way it turned out this week at the Big Ten Championship was made that extra extra nerve wracking, obviously, because you're right. We had a lead going into the last round and excited to maybe put another one on the board there. And then, um, I think our guys were tight, Steve. They were, they were a little more nervous, quiet. Um, you know, I think the more of these you win and the more expectations build on every class that comes in, um, they kind of feel a little added extra pressure. And as much as we tried, my assistant and I, Justin tried to, to get them off of that and stay in the present. I think it just builds and, and there's some tension at those championships because other teams want to win. And, you know, we've kind of had a stranglehold on it for a dozen years. And, um, the one time we lost, I think we lost we finished second. So, um, it's kind of, it kind of gets, uh, a little extra, extra, like I said, tension or, or, or vibe at the, at the championship. And, and we didn't start off well. We, we played poorly the first three or four or five holes. And then, um, after eight holes, I think we were down 10 shots. So it was not looking good. We, uh, We were concerned and um but the guys the guys uh, showed some resolve and uh rallied rallied around turning things around and you know controlling our space a little better and and made a couple birdies on nine and then then the game was on and then uh momentum is huge in team golf people don't realize how much momentum uh, plays in team golf you see the rack up on tv and then you kind of get a feel for it there but um it was phenomenal it was such such a fun day and i talked to the iowa coach today on the phone and he gave me a call and he just kind of discussed it and it was an exciting signing for both of us and um and just something these kids will remember for a long time
3: coach for for michael feagles to have that moment there at the end when it's all kind of the nitty-gritty there on, on the 18th hole just what did that mean for for you and, and for him especially with his decision to come back and, and play this this extra year that he had here at illinois
5: well i know i talked to brad also you know um about with his team winning yesterday and mm-hmm. you know without the department and without the ability to you know, bringing these seniors back, Michael probably wouldn't have had a chance. So we owe a lot to the department for letting, supporting and and uh, you know offering scholarships to these kids um, to come back their fifth year, and um, you know Michael took advantage of it. He wanted to come back and and leave a legacy. He wanted to win four Big Ten championships. We've had a number of guys do that. He wanted his him and Geo wanted their class to do the same, and uh, they've been talking about it all year. And I think that added maybe a little bit to the tension yesterday as well. But on the back nine, when we started, you know, maybe building some momentum there and. We kind of went around and told everybody what we needed to do. Um, Michael told me, he says, I'm going to pick this back nine apart, and we're going to do it. And you can see his confidence grow throughout the whole back nine. And then uh, um, on 18, he had a little shot left. We didn't drive the ball very well all week. And on the last hole, we didn't drive it well either. We're in the we're playing out of deep rough, and I was in the middle of fairway. And and uh, But our guys all made pars. And Michael hit an unbelievable second shot out of the rough that uh, you could barely hold these greens. They were so firm, and the wind was blowing so hard that – it rolled over and it was very difficult up and down. And when he made that four or five footer and little fist pump there, or big fist pump at the end, that it felt so good because he said he wanted to do that and he was going to do it. And and it means a lot to him. Um, Geo two, these two seniors, and we still got some work left the next month or so. But um, you know they've meant they've meant so much to, to you know to the program, and uh, you know they, they just continue the the um, the mindset and the legacy that, that we want the guys behind them to follow up to.
0: Well, Mike, we just got. Done talking with Brad, and you know he said that your teams are usually playing on the the same Sunday for you know Big Ten titles, or at least have been recently. When did you realize, or when did you know that you had both won almost like consecutive championships? You know, within seven minutes of each other. <laughs> yeah.
5: It was right there on the 18th green. We're celebrating. We're you know um, a lot of people there, but it was actually a pretty big crowd there this week. A lot of the Big Ten programs had their had people show up, and um, our our team is very close with the tennis team. I mean, they've, they, they do a lot together. They, um, they've shared a lot of obviously time together over the four years. So our guys are always following all the other teams, but especially tennis. There's a, bit, there's a little bit, maybe a little more special bond there. So, uh, the word circulated very quickly that they won and it was, it was exciting. The guys were excited about it. And and then we went about our business of, of, of doing the ceremony and stuff. But then we got, when we got in the, in the SUVs, they were all texting the guys and, um, I want to know what happened and trying to learn about it. So, we always keep tabs on those guys. And Brad, Brad runs such a a great program and got such a great history. And and um, you know the following he has in town is so impressive that you know we 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 love to be a part of it ourselves. So our guys were interested in that and and how they did right 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 when we finished.
4: Coach, could having a tight match like this carry over and help you in the next events as as you go forward? <laughs>
5: We've had some of these, Bob, this whole spring, and we haven't finished them off very well. This one we actually did. And, um, you know, we've made, we're not on point as consistent as we need to be. You know, this team has got some potential, but we tend to, um, sputter at times during a tournament. And we did at the start of this last round. For some reason, we have to identify that, identify why that happens. But, um, um, when you're in tight matches and you, and you can pull shots off and you can make putts and clutch putts, it's, uh, it's a confidence builder. It's, um, you know, you believe in more in yourself. And to see Tommy cool um, get up and down and, and, and save shots and go bogey-free the last bunch of holes for him to, I mean, almost nine holes, I think, um, for a young player that hasn't really done that before, that's a huge benefit. Uh, Michael has done that before. geo has been there. But to have Tommy and Jerry G, uh, who's, you know, this is really first year playing, even though he's a sophomore, his freshman year obviously didn't count because of COVID, for him to to step up and feel the pressure and understand the importance of it and respond with some really quality play coming in and down the stretch, it can only help us. And um, I think they're excited about it. But we also have to realize that yeah, we won, but there's some things we have to clean up. Because you go to NCAA regionals and have a bad nine holes like that, it could cost you a trip to the finals. And and uh, I think maybe this will maybe continue to beat home that point to these guys that that, that that you know the the talents there, the potentials there. But we need to pay attention to detail a little more.
1: NCAA regionals up next. When will you find out your location for that?
5: Golf Channel has a live uh, telecast Wednesday at one o'clock, um, and uh, we'll find out where we're going. And we have no idea. You know, I think we're ninth in the country maybe right now. Um, the top six teams always get preferential treatment; they go to kind of where they want to go, close to home. And we've done that before a bunch of times. But this year we're outside the top six, so we're at the mercy of the expert or the or the or the committee's um, you know idea to get all the all the all the sites fairly fairly seated. So um, there's there's a site in, in Indianapolis that we were at a number of years ago where um, we ended up tying for the win, and Brian Campbell at that time um, tied Bryson DeChambeau uh, with a birdie in the last hole to help us get to the finals, and, and well we won, and that brings back a lot of memories. So we've had good luck at that course. If we can somehow get get sent to Indianapolis, that'd be a huge bonus for us, but there's five other sites from Albuquerque to Seattle to to Florida State that we can go to, so we'll find out Wednesday and be prepared for whatever they give us, but boy, Indiana sure would be nice.
1: We'll let you go with this. What's tougher on Mike Small when uh, things get tense like they did at the Big Ten championships? Being a coach or being a player, where you have a little say yourself?
5: <laughs> 100% being a coach. This is, I, I've I have to work at it hard to be calm and relaxed out there. I mean, when I'm playing, it's it's not that bad. But people say it. You know, the parents have said it. My parents have said it. My wife has always said it. It's a lot more nerve wracking watching, and it's true. Right. Um, I don't know why that is. It's the dangest thing, Steve. But um, yeah, I got. I'm, I'm all balled up. You're. You know. You're not. You, I mean. I mean. You're in control, but you're trying to. I'm trying to manage five different emotions out there, and uh, and things are. I'm seeing everything, and and I see a lot of. I see all the all the distractions and all the trouble and all the warts, if you will, when you're playing, you're focused on one thing. So I think that has something to do with it, but uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I've, I, I've, I've enjoyed this so much. This team has given me so many thrills uh, this spring and the last few years. It's it's all worth it at the end, but it is nerve-wracking.
1: Well, congratulations, Mike. I know you're busy. Thanks for taking time with us, and uh, we'll be watching on Wednesday to see what's next.
5: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, yeah. coach.
1: Well, right, golf coach Mike Small with us here, Big Ten champion golf team again. There's a, I think you can word the D word, use the D word, the dynasty word with Illinois golf.
3: Yeah, it's crazy. Um, you know, when, when Illinois Wrestling hired their new coach, Mike Poeta, a couple weeks ago, I kind of went about did some crack research and finding out kind of the longest tenured head coaches here at Illinois in their respective sports. And Mike Smalls, the dean yep. uh, on, on campus here, he was hired two months before Sue Nowitzki took over the, the swimming program here at Illinois. And
1: that's what, 20 years
3: It's uh summer of 2000 yep. when he was hired. So 21. it's just incredible. But also too, just to hear him earlier in the interview say, well, we've had a stranglehold on this for a dozen years or so. I mean, that's just like, w- <laughs> wait, what? Like, and it, it's true. And, and I just wonder too, if that, when he, when he took the job, obviously he knew the tradition of the program, having played here at Illinois, having grown up nearby in Danville, but Just the fact that he has just turned Illinois men's golf into not only a consistent Big Ten title winner, but just a force on the national scene. I mean, you have guys connected to the game who know where Champagne is based on the success that Illinois has had in producing, not only on the collegiate level, but also producing pros, whether it's Thomas Peters on the European tour in the the Ryder Cup or Steve Stricker. He's going to be the captain of the Ryder Cup team here in, in September, guys that are playing professionally on the like PGA, Corn Fairy, where whatever it is. And that is all a byproduct of Illinois hiring Mike Small and the work that he's put into the building up the program where it is right now.
4: He's the best current coach on campus. And there's a lot of good ones, mm-hmm. but he's, he's the best. And we're, we're going to have some rankings later in the week. Yeah. And uh, Mike Small is pretty high up in the list of the last 55 years. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's quite one, but he's close. Brad Dancer also mm-hmm. in that list pretty high, but... I think Mike Small, uh, Hall of Famer in my mind, apparently not the Illinois, but we'll fix that eventually.
1: 5.31, this is Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll take our first break. We'll talk Illinois basketball. What's going on? Anything? We'll, we'll let you know. I think you're you're following it as closely as we are, and uh, we'll get Scott Ritchie on the uh, conversation in depth after this. Stay with us on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. <laughs> It is 5.33, this is Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS, Steve Kelly with Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, the sports writers from the award-winning <laughs> News Gazette Sports Department. Uh, get us up to date on that, Matthew, I know you don't like to talk about <laughs> yourself, but I'm going to make you.
3: No, that's fine, Steve, and uh, it's more reflection on on the hard work that guys like Scott Ritchie and, and Bob Osmussen and Lauren Tate and Kyle Lykus and uh Joe Vizelli Jr and Robin Schultz our photo editor Mike Goble, our managing editor everyone else in in the newsroom that uh really contributed uh, over the past year uh the Associated Press Sports Editors contest it's kind of like I'd say the Oscars of sports writing contest it's kind of the one that you prep for all year and uh, want to send your submit your best uh sections and stories and other other things like that and uh I think late Friday night or early Saturday they released uh, results for the section contest uh, for the 2020 contest. And what that involves is they have three categories with a daily section, a Sunday section, and a special section. And it's broken up into four different divisions based on the circulation size of, of your newspaper. And uh, we, for the first time, I think ever, uh, I've been here eight years. I know it's the first time it's ever happened during my time here. And Bob's been here longer than I have. So you can test to t- 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 that. But Uh, we won the so-called triple crown. Uh, we got top 10 for our daily, uh, section, top 10 for our Sunday section and top 10 for our, our special section. And what that entails too is, uh, there's two daily sections that are mandatory. They set dates that you have to enter. You have to pick from, you enter those. Same thing with Sunday sections, and then you get to enter whatever special section you want, but it's only one special section. And then also in the daily and Sunday categories, you get to enter two optional sections, sections that you choose that you think are are the best to, to kind of showcase your your newspaper. So that's what we did, and uh, we were fortunate enough to get top 10 in, in all three categories. And um, the special section that won was the one uh, that was recognized was the one we did last August uh, honoring... Uh, the life of the late Lou Henson uh, that we put together uh, to go with that. So, yeah, just just really, really pleased more so for the staff and, and their hard work to be recognized uh, than anything else. And it's a, it's a great honor and I guess only increases the pressure now to do it every single year. So keep working hard, Scott and Bob. And Lauren, if you're listening, and, and everyone else,
1: you've got another special section coming out this week. We do.
3: Bob, uh, Bob kind of spearheaded this one. Uh, he wrote so much that uh, he's probably still reciting things that he wrote uh, in, the, in the last month. But uh, yeah, it's the highly anticipated uh, section. Uh, you know, recognizing the efforts of of Lauren Tate in his 55 years here at the News Gazette. It's 32 pages. Uh, it was going to press here as I was walking into the the studio uh many thanks to to, to mike Gobler, managing editor and jim Rosso, the vice president president of news here they spent a bulk of their sunday putting that together after i would read most of everything that was in it but there's a ton of historical knowledge in there feel free to disagree with any of bob's list at all but also know that i told him to rank the great the best Ili- the best illinois teams athletes and coaches the last 55 years so any umbrage can be directed towards me. Don't take it all out on, on Bob, right. although Bob's got thick skin. He can, he can handle anything. But, yeah, that's coming in Thursday's paper, and i uh, really looking forward to that.
1: Okay, Let's talk basketball for a few minutes here. We'll also talk about the uh, NFL draft before we're done. The phone line is open, 217-356-9397. Scott Ritchie with Illinois losing two assistant coaches, both of whom it's a pretty good bet and it's, it'll be official shortly. Going to Kentucky, so Brad Underwood, I'm sure, has been anticipating that the last couple of weeks the way things looked. So, give us the latest. What What do you know? What do you hear? What do you say?
0: Well, it's obviously the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, that seems to be the catastrophe. It seems to be the sentiment I've seen maybe from the fan base, but it's it's not. It's just one of those things that happens in college basketball, and you know, it's been brewing for. Weeks now at this point, you know, with Orlando Antigua and Chen Coleman both reported to be headed to Kentucky. Nothing official yet from either side of that equation, Um, but because it's sort of lasted as long as it has, um, Illinois made an effort, pretty um, you know significant one, to hold on to those guys. But you know, Brad Underwood, I'm sure, was not idle for the last couple weeks as all this went on. Imagine he has some some names in mind to add to his staff, and you know, he'll try to do what he did the first time around when he got hired, and it was, he put together a staff of guys that he had never worked with before, and it turned out pretty good. You know, and Illinois over the last two years has won more Big Ten games than any other school in the conference. So I think you know, is it you know tough that you know two assistants are leaving? Sure, do Illinois fans hate that as Kentucky? Yes, but. uh Illinois basketball, we'll we'll move on.
1: Ask the same number of Illinois fans who knew who Chin Coleman was (laughs) when he was hired by Brad Underwood. You don't. I think a lot of us that that follow basketball were aware of him and certainly were aware of Orlando Antigua, Mm -hmm. but even the uh, average fan probably didn't know either one of those guys when Brad hired him. and And we've talked about before, other schools weren't necessarily knocking down their door at that time.
0: No, and you know, with the the commitment that Josh Whitman has reportedly shown that he's willing to make to Illinois basketball, I mean, that's something other assistant coaches across the country are undoubtedly aware of in terms of a, a financial commitment. So you know, Brad Underwood will just do what John Calipari did and maybe not poach two from the same program, but it's not like he's just going to go into next season with Stephen Gentry as his only assistant coach. I mean... Illinois, again, will we'll move forward.
1: And any assistant or any head coach, I would guess, would always have a short list in his pocket. Mm-hmm. What if, you know, the people that he's worked with in the past or he knows something about and a lot of fans – we want to see a former Illini on the staff, Matt, and maybe a couple of guys qualified. We'll, we'll just see how it plays out.
3: Yeah, obviously the two names when you mentioned former Illini, when it comes to uh, assistant coaching jobs, that uh, I think jump to the forefront of, of fans' minds are, are Roger Powell Jr. Uh, and D. Brown, and uh, obviously Roger Powell Junior's established himself on on the college uh, assistant coaching landscape first at Valparaiso, and then even still, it, it's. Curious too to see his career kind of get revitalized after two really bad seasons at Vanderbilt, where he was with Bryce Drew, and and that program just got way off the rails there. And then he lands at Gonzaga, and, and they're you know one win away from completing the first unbeaten season in forty five years. Uh, Dee Brown obviously had some some issues here at Illinois when he came back with John Gross and and moved on, and then was at El- he's at Illinois Chicago now as an assistant. Um, again though. Illinois there's going to be lots of assistant coaches that want to come to Champaign to coach the Illini to work for Brad Underwood based on the fact that Illinois was ranked second in the country in the final Associated Press Bowl they just won the Big Ten tournament they just were a number one seed I know that seems like eons ago and it's lost amidst the the disappointing end to the Illini season the second round of the NCAA tournament to Loyola Chicago but Illinois is going to be a destination job for whatever assistant coaches want to wind up here in Champaign and whatever ones Brad Edward wants to go after. It's not like he's going to get the fifth or sixth or seventh best choice that he wants. He's, like you said, Steve, he's probably got a short list and he's probably already locked in on, on who he really wants to target. And again, the timing of it too, and it seems for, like Scott mentioned, this rumors of Antigua and Shin Coleman going to Kentucky have seemed to be dragging on for weeks now. The timing of it, too, is though the dead period's ending June 1st, where coaches, if they remember, can actually go back out on the road and recruit and evaluate prospects. So that's kind of, the, I guess, the urgency in, in that matter. But when it's all said and done, when November arrives and the season tips off, hopefully under normal circumstances, that Brad Underwood's going to have a staff that, that he feels confident in. And like Scott said, too, he had never worked before with Orlando Antigua and Chin Coleman, What those guys were able to do here in four seasons I don't think should be lost, even though uh, reportedly they are moving on to Kentucky in just their development of of players. But that doesn't mean that it can't be done again. It's not like they are the only ones that can unlock key recruiting areas or bring out the development of of certain players at all.
1: And this time, Scott, certainly with uh, what appears to be the University of Illinois' desire to to up the ante, so to speak, even though it didn't work. But assistant coaches around the country are taking note of that, the fact that uh, that uh, Josh, Wish- uh, Josh Whitman stepped to the table there with uh, some significant reported offers to uh, those two guys if they would consider to stay. So uh, two pretty good jobs there.
0: Yeah, and just to add on top of that, Illinois has a fairly recently renovated State Farm Center, and... Eventually, at some point this year, they'll break ground on a $40 million expansion and renovation of the Alvin Basketball Complex. So a facility that was the first of its kind in 1998 will soon be among, again, you know, the nation's best here in a couple of
1: years. Most coaches uh, go about uh, this process without much fanfare or uh, information getting out. There's been a lot of names <clears throat> tossed out there. Scott, any names that kind of intrigue you? We mentioned uh, the former Illinois guys, but beyond that, there's a lot of good assistant coaches out there. Uh, anybody that you think would have an interest in this?
0: Well, I mean, it's a Big Ten job. One, I mean, that's going to be a draw in itself. I mean, I think of the former Illini, like Roger Powell, would be my choice. You know, ahead of D Brown just because he's Ten years in, and it could be the the next step to him being a head coach. Of course, then he'll leave, and all my fans will freak out that yeah. he's not hang, staying around. But
1: and, I, and Chester Frazier is another guy that's got a pretty good job now at Virginia Tech.
0: Yeah, because he got hired by Mike Young after Mike Young went from Wofford to Virginia Tech, and then Chester Frazier was almost immediately promoted to associate head coach. So that's another option. Uh, but there's, I mean, there's good assistance across the country. And I don't think that, you know, like do you think Matt Brad, said, Brad Owens is not going to scrape to find somebody. Do you think
3: Brad Underwood would go maybe after assistant coaches that fit a certain either position group, lean more heavily that way in terms of the development, or more on, on the recruiting front where they've got known connections in, in certain parts of the country, Scott?
0: Well, both, if possible. Uh, but <laughs> You
3: can only choose one, Scott.
0: I mean, just with you know, Orlando Antigua, reportedly leaving since again it's not official official yet uh you know, someone that is maybe known as a for an ability to develop big men especially with omar Payne you know, on the roster who could use kind of you know what kofi coburn had the last two years that'd be important but uh like Stephen gentry is still around like he can work with the guards it's like they may a big man coach quote unquote would be a maybe not a priority but it would i think fill a fill a role on the coaching staff
1: So it'll be fun to watch, uh, certainly. The last two weeks seem like two months. (laughs) me, and as you mentioned, Matt, I think it was you that mentioned that it seems so long ago that yeah, <laughs> that I mean, that Illinois was number two seed in the NCAA tournament.
0: Exactly,
3: and and I guess that's what happens when you uh, you know have a, like I said a disappointing end to the, the final final season uh, or the final game of of a memorable season. But I'm just curious too who he eventually lands, just kind of based on their their background and and their pedigree, like we've seen with football this off season. We can dive in and digest Tony Peterson's various stops as as the new Illinois offensive coordinator kind of try to predict what the offense is going to look like for Illinois football based on his previous stops, and he's been a ton of places. He's gained a ton of experience, and and I'm sure the coaches that Brad Underwood lands are going to be in the case. Maybe he goes after a former head coach who became an assistant like Orlando Antigua You know, after his his time at South Florida, or he hires a, a coach that maybe... You don't really see coming like a chin coleman because like you said steve i'd be hard pressed to find more than a handful of people outside of Champagne urbana that knew who chin coleman was and knew what his background was like before he got hired at illinois four seasons ago and, and that worked out okay
1: need to take a break we'll do that now at five forty-seven on monday night sports talk the uh, illinois men's tennis team will host regional play. They'll take on DePaul. We'll get to all the details on that for you coming up. It'll be in the News Gazette online tonight and Sounds in the paper good. tomorrow. Yes, it will. We'll take a break. and we'll be back with Muhor after this. Stay with us. <laughs> a few more minutes left on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. About 10 minutes, to be exact. We've talked uh, Big Ten Tennis Championship with Brad Dancer. Big Ten Golf Championship with Mike Small. Both those Guys will be leading their team into the postseason play. We talked some Illinois basketball. Brad Underwood is hunkered down somewhere, looking for a couple of new assistant coaches. We'll keep you posted on that, as far as we know. I wouldn't think before we get off this, Scott. I wouldn't think this would go on very long before an announcement.
0: Well, I mean, I certainly hope not. Uh, but and also, if it can't, like Matt yeah. mentioned, you know, June first is sort of the. A very important date. And if you look over the last several weeks, you know the AAU season is back in full swing, you know, this spring and you know, Illinois has not you know added to its recruiting board at all for several weeks, and I mean it sort of makes sense when you have a couple assistant coaches that may or may not be leaving, you know, for a different job. So sort of kind of get back on track in that regard will be important. But yeah, fingers crossed, this doesn't stretch until
1: the very last minute before June. So he's looking for two new coaches. He's also looking to uh, solidify his roster and get that a little bit uh, straightened out as well. Bob, NFL draft, last Thursday night it began, and uh, a good night on Friday, I guess it was, for uh, Kendrick Green.
4: Right, really good. Uh, third-run pick, uh, clearly the Steelers like him as their potential center. Sounds like he's going to be their center this year. That's a pretty good deal. Walking in an NFL team like that with a great coach, established coach, um, with a quarterback that really good, been a little little long, probably a Hall of Famer quarterback. So, yeah, it's been a good deal for him. And I think he has the right attitude because he didn't accept, like, oh, I'm going to be the center. It's more like, I got to get to work. And I thought that was really good. Everything he said Friday and yesterday was really smart and it shows kind of what kind of kid he is. And I think that was really critical. But Again, for, for the first time in what since nineteen, what twenty fifteen? When's the last? What's the last time Illinois had multiple guys picked? Twenty fifteen. Fifteen. So, Teddy, it should be Teddy Harris, like
3: uh, Clayton Fedulum,
4: and uh, Smoot. Uh, Smoot no. was Smoot. Smoot was twenty seventeen. Oh, I'm sorry, it was um, the infamous Event. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, second round pick to the Raiders.
3: Jahad Ward was 2016.
4: Well, I'm all off. Okay. <laughs> I screwed anyway, they have two this time. So, uh, Hobbs, Nate Hobbs got picked. Fifth round. Again, good deal for him. But Illinois has to be in a position where they get seven, eight, nine guys potentially picked in the draft. they are ways away from that. That's three, four years down the road. But Kendrick Green is a start. Nate Hobbs is a start. That's what they have to do. Next year... I think they have a chance to have maybe three or four that'd be a good thing for the line.
1: Scott Ritchie's a Bears fan, even though last season he didn't watch every game. Matter of fact, he watched fewer games than he watched.
3: It's a bandwagon Bears fan. Is he? Is
1: he I, not, I want to know. I is is he back on the bandwagon?
3: I'm bridged to that.
0: Uh, I mean, should be. I feel like they're trying. The Bears are trying to give me hope, and my hope is it's not false hope. But you know, they. You know, Ryan Pace, the much maligned Ryan Pace. Made the right move, finally, yeah. you know, and didn't screw up when he traded up to draft, you know, the second best quarterback in the draft, and the fourth that ultimately went selected. You know, Justin Fields. I'm not sure how his draft stock took such a hit after two really terrific years at Ohio State, but um, you know, Dan Orlovsky played his role in that um, by just spreading things that he didn't know personally about Justin Fields' work ethic. So I guess thanks, Dan. But uh, it's just a matter of I think looking ahead to the next season how much Andy Dalton is actually going to play and when they're going to give Justin Fields the keys and just say, here, kid, go do what you do.
3: Because that's mm-hmm. a very precarious position that the Bears are trying to navigate to. You don't want to throw a rookie quarterback out there in his first NFL game and <clears throat> say you're the starter unless you think he's really ready. But Matt Nagy is coaching for his job in in the twenty twenty one season. You can't have another eight and eight season. I mean, I guess you can. You you are the coach for the McCaskey, so they actually can't
0: have an eight and eight season because they're going to play seventeen. Eight, games. Uh,
3: there you go. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, way to way to keep me up on the current lingo and and the news yeah. of the day. But no, Justin Fields. It was a steal. Uh, it, it just from an optic standpoint. If you're a Bears fan, you have spent the last forty eight, seventy two, ninety six hours reveling in the fact that he's going to be your your quarterback of the future.
1: You take a break. We'll do that. and be back with some final words for you after this. A couple of minutes left on Monday Night Sports Talk with the sports writers and their boss, <laughs> Matt Daniels.
3: Do I boss you guys around that much? No, not at all. I mean, you do, like, well, tell well, me things well, to do. Well, yes. Way better than Jim. Jim awful. Thanks, Bob. I, I guess that's a compliment.
1: We had Brad Dancer on at the beginning of the show, and his team has been uh, selected to host NCAA tournament play, so that's good news for them. Illinois baseball had kind of a interesting weekend with a four-game series and a Two doubleheader splits against Michigan in Evanston. (laughs) Exactly, in Evanston, because
3: Northwestern's got some, they're on a COVID pause or issue right now, so uh, yeah, split for them, and uh, Jackson Raper hit the cycle in in one of Sunday's games, so uh, yeah, interesting time for for Dan Hartlip's program, they're sitting at 15 and 16, trying to make a move up, uh, up the Big Ten stands, interesting too that, you know, we just talked about men's tennis and men's golf winning Big Ten titles, there's no baseball or softball Big Ten tournaments this year for, for Dan Hartlib or Tyra Perry's program. So, curious to see how that plays
1: out. So, you guys are putting the finishing touches on uh, not only tomorrow's paper, mm-hmm. but uh, stuff happening later in the week as well.
3: Yeah, 32-page uh, special section on uh, kind of Lauren Tate and in the last 55 years of Illinois Athletics will be in, in Thursday's paper. So, go pick up a copy or 10.
1: I think I'll get Lauren to sign That's
3: fine too. A copy of that he, for me. Feel free. I like it. We'll, no. we'll auction that off, Steve. <laughs>
1: He'll have some choice words before he signs it. (laughs) Appreciate it, guys. Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob and Thanks to Ed Bond as well. This is Steve Kelly. Thanks for listening on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. It is 6 o'clock. Have a good night.